Nelson Mandela had so much compassion for his brothers and sisters. People don't realize it's about the Beatles, but they knew they were brilliant. You saw thousands of people along the rail line just standing there to say goodbye to Bobby Kennedy. One story in every human being that defines who you are. Do we film on a volcano that's just about to explode? But the reason this mail pack has been astoundingly successful is because there are pictures of rabbits on the envelope. I mean, I remember it so well where, you know, I was like, hello, uh, Susie, hi, it's LD. I was like, oh, hi, Lyle, what's up? I mean, I think there's something about chaos, right? It either... You either you run from it or you run towards it. And for me, there was really this in- instance of wanting to run towards it. Welcome to Great Minds, the podcast. Today, our special guest is truly special. He's a legend. He's a world champion. He's someone I'm proud to have become friends with over the years. You're part of the family. Crazy Legs Conti. Honored, Welcome. Honored Welcome to be Crazy here. Legs. Thank you. Thank you. I thought it was great stomachs. But my mind, my mind is okay. <laughs> but I am well, honored to be here. We'll so talk. Thank you. We'll talk about the whole the whole equation, and Absolutely. I want to talk about uh, your film, uh, Zen and the Art of Competitive Eating, which is uh, a, a magical piece of work. Like any other sport, you have to get into the zone. It's the Zen method, mind over stomach matter. My name is Crazy Legs Conti, and my sport is competitive eating. Every single food out there has a trophy and a world title attached to it. This is the championship, belt. The pantheon of great eaters assembles every 4th of July at Coney Island for the World Hot Dog Eating Championship. That's where I want to be. Kobayashi revolutionized the sport. He ate 50 hot dogs and buns in 12 minutes. He shattered the world record. He doubled it. He changed my life. I've got to compete on the pro eating circuit with the giants of the sport. Hungry Charles Hardy, Eric Badlands Booker, Cookie Jarvis is a man mountain. I've got to push myself. I've got to eat in every food discipline. Butter's nasty. I honestly think it's uh, it sort of charted my journey from casual diner to uh, professional eater with the then IFOCE, our our good friends, uh, George George and Rich Shea, Shea, of course. Now rebranded Major League Eating, which is a little more palatable to say. And uh, the film's been around for a while. I ate my way out of a popcorn sarcophagus at the Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah, and Keith Wexstein, who yes, works for us yes. now, I think he, uh, is one of his claims to fame was knowing you back then. He was actually present um, when George Shea, who was you know the rock and tour and the, yeah. the the guy in the boater hat, was very concerned as I was being buried alive under eighty cubic feet of popcorn that I, I might die. You're thrilled to be here, just nine hours away. The premiere of a documentary called Crazy Legs Conti, Zen and the Art of Competitive Eating. The film is emotional, but perhaps nothing could be more emotional than his quest here today, which is to eat himself out of a life-size box of popcorn, immediately dubbed the popcorn sarcophagus by the competitive eating community. This box contains approximately 70 cubic feet of popcorn. I don't believe anyone could eat that popcorn. I don't believe anyone could eat two to four cubic feet. Crazy Legs Conti is facing death here. I would like to introduce to you the David Blaine of the bowel, the evil Knievel, 
of the alimentary canal, the Steve Austin of starch, the Houdini of Cuisini himself, ladies and gentlemen, crazy lights. I had uh, a green band, which was good as go. I had a red band, which is bad, break the glass with the sledgehammer, and yellow, which George said was for a warning or more butter. But George was very <laughs> concerned. Either warning or more butter, uh, unclear. George, who is... Um, you know, it's nothing the, if not compassionate. But it's it's in the great the great history of like Ballyhoo and 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 hawking and things. But he was generally concerned. Now fast forward to three years ago or two years ago. Nathan celebrated its hundredth anniversary. The Wonder Wheel was at its ninety fourth. And I'd heard a story that the former owner of the Wonder Wheel, now owned by the uh, Valeris family, Dino's Wonder Wheel, had let people sit on top of a car, the stationary car, strapped in and ride for a revolution. So I did it, unstrapped in, in a sky suit, eating hot dogs. I had oh, to sign wow. a lot of waivers. And I thought at that point, maybe George was sick of me after 18 years as a trying competitive to get eater. And I think he was trying to kill me. He was like, can he stand up there? Like, no, no, if he stands up, the cart's going to fall and... He'll die. Oh and George gosh. was like, well, I mean, we've got a lot of press here. That wouldn't be bad. Right. Now, Crazy Lakes Conti has once before defied death. And that was in 2002 when he was buried alive in a popcorn sarcophagus under 60 cubic feet of popcorn. And he ate his way out to survival, which is why he is now referred to as the David Blaine of the bowel, the evil Knievel of the alimentary canal, the Houdini of Cuisini. Ladies and gentlemen, crazy legs! It'll be a thrill for me. Hopefully, it'll be a thrill for you. Hopefully, I, I live to eat on the 4th of July. I think today's stunt is much more terrifying to go up in the air, to be the person eating Nathan's hot dogs as close to the clouds of the sky. I, I feel like Icarus on a, on a lunch break. But without wax wings, so, uh, I have my so I've been fortunate to, to travel the globe, eating large amounts of food in short amounts of time. And you are George the Green Richard. Beans world champion? French cut green beans, very specific. Uh, French niche cut. green beans. Okay. Uh, buffet food out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then pancakes and bacon, which is the lumberjack breakfast out of uh, Talkeetna, Alaska. And the beauty of that record is since then, some of the greats that you know that you see backstage every sure. July 4th at Nathan's, uh, Joey Jaws Chestnut has eaten like 120 pancakes and won the pancake title. Matt Stoney has eaten five pounds of bacon in five minutes and won the bacon title, but they've never since combined the two Never achieved again. the lumberjack. So my paltry five and a half pounds in 10 minutes, and people ask, like, how many pancakes is that? Because they think silver dollar pancakes. Yeah. This was Alaska. They were the size of hubcaps. It was seven and a half pancakes. Oh I had to roll gosh. them like burritos and eat them. But, oh, my uh, gosh. But the Lumberjack Breakfast. Lumberjack Breakfast champion. Mr. Conti, how are you? I am well, Dave. What are you going to be eating for us tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm going for the uh, Acme Oyster World Record with 44 dozen oysters. Oh, my gosh. In the course of the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow, did you see the speed with which he was eating those oysters? Oh, yeah. my God. So you're almost halfway there. How you feeling? I feel pretty good, Dave. I'm, uh, I'm definitely, uh, I'm on pace. I think I can break this uh, world record for you. Are you still hungry? Mm, I'm getting satiated, to be completely honest. <laughs> for this edition of Great Minds, uh, there's a lot of history and a lot of, lot of confluence of a mm -hmm. lot of things here. So the name of our company, Stillwell Partners, comes 
from the corner of Surf, Surf and Stillwell, yeah. where way back when Nathan Hanworker first was selling hot dogs for a nickel. Yes, he, uh, he cut the price in half, but really the secret was his wife Ida's secret spice recipe. And I think, uh, was it Eddie Cantor and... The great singer. And uh, there was somebody else. I can't remember who it was. So there was another hot dog there was cart, an, yeah. and he undercut them on price. He undercut them on price, but I like to believe, because for the 100th anniversary of Nathan's, I was the first person in history to eat one hot dog. I was one with everything. And at that kind of rip in this time-space hot dog continuum... I went back in history in my mind while the 40,000 fans at Still Wall and Surf were screaming and could see that it was clearly um, Ida's secret spice recipe, not just cutting the price, that led them 100 years to be the stalwart of all right, hot dogs. and there was no finer hot dog. I, I really, I'm contractually obligated to say that, but I truly, truly yeah. love a Nathan's I, hot dog. I, as do I. I go... Grilled, not boiled. Never boiled, although I will. I've had a few contests in regional places that George apologized that the dogs were boiled, but I didn't know. I was too young. I was a rookie. I didn't know what that meant. You're from Belmont, Massachusetts. From Belmont, Massachusetts. Went to John, Boston. Johns yeah. Hopkins. I did. I wanted to play basketball, Division Three. And you ran track. You played a couple sports, I didn't you? I played three sports, which sounds a lot like bragging, but I mostly sat the bench. Okay. I was better at the pregame meal than the actual there athletic endeavor. Prescient. Prescient. Is, <laughs> yes, which is why I probably turned pro in uh, competitive eating. Um, I played uh, for a uh, great basketball team, did pretty well, but then in football, I was a backup punter. It's my buddy Dan D. Fly Film. He was the starting punter, but he wanted to be a wide receiver. Uh, Coach Jim Margraff, who unfortunately passed away, but for 30 years, he led Johns Hopkins to incredible heights. My senior year was his first year coaching. He took a chance on a guy named Crazy Legs, let me punt. Um, and I do remember eating like eight free bagels before the F&M game. So I really, I loved food. I loved competition. I do think Kids are wise to, to do sports, organized sports, team sports, because you learn, even individual sports, you learn about competition, and then you learn about sportsmanship, which later in life, as you know, as a successful business person, empathy is kind of the sportsmanship of the business world. But I was at Hopkins playing the three sports. I graduated. I was writing seminars with a film studies minor. I thought about, I wanted to live off my creative endeavors in writing, television, and film, uh, the internet didn't exist yet, small yep. screen. Uh, I went to L.A. I worked on Hanging with Mr. Cooper through sure. a, an internship with uh, Morgan State, um, where I did writing for television. I worked on independent film in the 90s in New York on a film called Handgun with a company called The Shooting Gallery. Produced commercials for Morgan Spurlock. Worked for two years on and off for an Al Pacino film that he directed. I have incredible stories from that time, right. but the hours didn't lend itself to what I wanted to do creatively. I was on the production side. And around the time that I took any job, shorter to cook, window cleaner, I've had every job in New York, you know, sperm donor, nude model for studio art classes, beverage manager for two high-end gentlemen's clubs, um, competitive eating came along. I'd when, been, when was that? What was your so first my I was step. 30. I was a late, Pat Deepdish Bertoletti, 19 years old, Joey Joss Chestnut, 20 years old. I was 10 years older than those guys. And I was in New Orleans. I'm from Boston. Love the Patriots. New Orleans, the oyster eating, Acme and, oyster eating. Well, before it actually existed, you could go to Acme 
and do the restaurant challenge. Okay. And it was Super Bowl Sunday. Two of my buddies from Boston were so at the I was the down game. there for the Acme Oyster Challenge. Yes. Rich, Rich invited me down. Yeah. It was tremendous. Amazing. So I ate 34 dozen oysters in one sitting. It was the Super Bowl, the Oyster Bowl. The Pats won. Um, if Tom Brady's listening, and I'm these sure are the real numbers, people are going to be listening. Thirty-four and say, dozen. What did he just 34 say? Thirty-four dozen. Thirty-four dozen. So people ask, and then they had the Acme Oyster Eating Contest in two thousand two. Uh, I was the uh, once and probably not future Oyster King, the mollusk master. Uh, my personal best, because oysters are really the liver of the environment. They filter things. They're an amazing food, but in New Orleans, they make them into sandwiches. Right. You know, we go to the oyster bar here, sit in the saloon with Rich Shea. It's like 32 bucks for thimble taste. They're their giant. So each year for the Oyster Festival, which is coming up in June, last weekend in uh, May, first weekend in June, the oysters could be more textured. They could be creamier, butterscotch-like. They're battleship gray. They could be giant. So my personal best is 32 dozen in eight minutes. Eight minutes. But Sonia the Black Widow Thomas holds the all-time record with 48 dozen in 48. eight minutes. 48. And she dozen. is still the female record holder. She's the female she record Coney holder Island? at Coney uh, with uh, 40, 45. 45. Uh, Mickey Sudo has... And that's hot dog and bun. That's H- hot dog H- and bun. HDBs. Yes, HDBs. You can't... You have to have equal increments. There's a lot of eaters who get... You know, you talk about mind over stomach matter. Their mind wanders. They, the crowd, the fireworks, the groupies... And then they don't eat the equal amounts. Uh, Eater X, one of his earliest contests, um, he ate 16 hot dogs and then tried to eat 16 buns, and he couldn't finish all the buns. So right, right. He's since uh, left. A great his, eater. Yeah, great eater. Tim he's Janus. retired. Yeah, Eater X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great He's in eater. South Korea now, actually. Oh, my goodness. As a student. He's parlayed competitive eating into the mukbang industry of South Korea. So. Wow. So let's go back yeah. into the earlier days when... Uh, the numbers were dramatically lower than they were. I mean, true, the first time true. I met George, probably about 1994. Yeah, yeah. And that was uh, Mike the Scholar DeVito. First eater to eat 20, the Scholar, because he figured out if you could eat one hot dog and bun every 30 seconds in 12 minutes, the then contest And that time, was when it was 12 24. minutes. Right? Um, you were there in the days when it was behind yeah. Nathan's. It in was sh- in the alley. In Schweikert Alley. Yeah. yeah, and the interesting thing there, so George Shea, the, the brief history, Max Rosie was a true ballyhoo PR guy. Right. He had the Nathan's contract, but it was really just pulling people out of the crowd. And George started to do it with the boater hat. And Max was a legend. He was the, when you've seen in film or in, in, in the press, when a mobster walks down out Mm -hmm. in front of a courtroom with the coat. Yes. Over that's covering the handcuffs. Yeah. That was Maxie's move. Yes. And And was a PR legend. And pre-internet, pre-social media, he was doing things like, you know, putting an elephant on water skis or having somebody climb a high pole. Right. I know it doesn't seem that impressive. But, you know, that was impressive. There was a guy on a high pole. a brilliant, great mind. For a store opening. Yes. So George kind of learned a lot from him and took this notion of instead of just pulling people out of the crowd, although in 1997... George Chase saw Badlands Booker, a 400-pound, very right. sweet a man legend, mountain. A legend in the competitive eating said, world. Um, and said, you're, you're in this contest. And Badlands said, well, I just had lunch, but they're in Oceanside, uh, New York. Yeah, at the right. Nathans. And now, you know, 20 years later, Badlands is Badlands Chugs. He's got rap albums. So George has just took what he but saw. But George had a vision. He had a vision. And with his brother, Rich, um, they thought, you know, we love sports. We love the... NHL, the NFL, the NBA, these keep track of very traditional sports records. 
We want to be that for competitive eating. We want to be the only stomach-centric kind of sports league. And from that Nathan's Contest, they moved it, I think, in 98 from the alley to the front. It got bigger and bigger, and you're right. The, the numbers were, I wouldn't call them paltry because they were about 20, 23. But you had the first great Japanese eater, Hirofumi Nakajima. Nakajima was and amazing. And the battles with, with Crachi. Yep, Ed, Ed the animal Crachi, the Masbeth monster. And uh, and then the Japanese really had this And influx. the numbers then were in the 20s. Yeah. Uh, 12 minutes. Arai, the rabbit, had uh, 25 and a quarter. Right. He was coming back, and I saw George, because in those days, there was no TV, there was no ESPN, the crowd was much smaller. You could go, and I would talk to George and uh, before the contest. They knew me as a guy who would like hang on the light post, because I was a fan of competitive eating. It was the only way you could see. And I loved getting the leftovers from a competitive eater's plate. I, would, I got Hungry Charles Hardy's rookie leftovers. I, I got his son's later. Right. I, I, Oleg Zernitsky, I tried to get him to throw me a matzo ball, but he didn't speak English. So I'm there, and Arai is the big favorite, but this very diminutive, uh, quiet Takeru Kobayashi yeah. eats 50. Uh, and so and the record went in one, and this is it, staggering. It doubled. It went from 25 and a quarter yes. to 50 yes. in one year. In one year. And to try to put that in, there's no other sport. I mean, maybe the four-minute mile, but the four-minute mile didn't have the previous record. But that would be running the four-minute mile in, in two, two minutes. minutes. Any moment now, and we'll see the famous Bannister burst. And here he comes. Bannister goes streaking forward with about 250 yards to the tapes. Just look at his action as his long legs carry him nearer that world record. It's like, it's so staggering. And I was there for that moment. I had asked George afterwards. I said, did you think this could happen? He said, I thought 30 was the human limit. I thought yeah. maybe Arai would get to 30. And Arai ate 35 that day, which is largely forgotten. I heard, overheard Gersh Kunstman, reporter for the yeah. then- um, New York Daily, Post. Yeah, Post. Right. Then I think he was with the Daily News. He's yelling at his editor, this is a cover story. Yeah. Which, as we sit here, the, the listeners can't see it. You have a Daily News cover of, which was the cover story that yeah. had, unfortunately, yeah. Takeru got arrested. But then it got relegated to the back pages. So it's only in- um, history that we know that that was the belch heard around the world that kind of put from a combination of the Shea brothers and Takeros numbers put competitive eating um, leaving the subculture and entering the to compare Kobayashi to Tiger Woods is is a slight against Kobayashi Kobayashi is the five-time champion he wasn't here he was a god the kid was bringing press we had a great rivalry there's nothing like it. The old record, 25 and an eighth. It is now 50 hot dogs and buns. The Japanese guy did it. He can't just be that much better. We saw him lose to a Grizzly. But the overall growth, I mean, when you go back to Schweiker Alley, when you were yeah, hanging on a yeah. lamppost watching, yeah. you know, there were a couple hundred people. Yeah, yeah. I remember there'd be an ambulance or a fire yep, truck yep. parked on Safety surf, yep. right? And they would be, people would climb on yes, top because that was another place yeah, you could yeah. see. Yeah. There was always a lot of press. Yes. And then when... We got the opportunity to start to support and work with George and Rich yes. and moved it around, yep. you know, to the got other side bigger, of the building. Bigger, the platforms got bigger, the spectacle the staging, got bigger. The elevating, the George gong, and the, the scissor gong lift. rental, Sam Barkley now has to rent a gong. I don't know why they don't buy a gong. It's going to amortize its cost over the next 
33 years. It certainly was. Yes, but they... Um, but the show, the spectacle, and the crowds. Play out. Tiger will win another Masters. Brady will win another Super Bowl. Lance Armstrong will perhaps start dating Jennifer Aniston. It's got to be in the cards, right? And Kobayashi will win another mustard yellow belt. He is healthy. Will it happen today? Not if Joey Chestnut has his way. Well, we're going to know in less than two minutes now as the clock continues to count. Kobayashi is in the lead. And now Joey Chestnut equals him, but Kobayashi's working that 51st dog. And there it is. Kobayashi assumes the lead again. Wow, and Chestnut matches him. <laughs> bite for bite, jowl to jowl down there. Whatever happens will change our world so greatly there'll be no turning back. It's July 4th. I will tell you this aside. When I used to go, and, I'm, and you were there, um, I can, was convinced that the Shays hired a woman in a pea suit to protest on behalf of vegetarianism. They deny they hired that, but I think they did. But now um, the protests have gotten bigger. But in a way, it's linked to our Nathan's birthright. It's, it's July 4th. There are so many well, people. It is the epicenter of American it, it patriotism. Really and I, there was a photo in Wife magazine of Obama eating a hot dog, and there was rumors that he had watched it that year. Um, so I, I do, I really look forward to the time that a president of the United States or the first lady or first mister ends up calling the winners, the men and women's winners at Nathan's. And from that moment, you know, the Shays have had uh, an incredible run and there are 60 events a year, um, which reminds me in my bag, I have for you an autographed game worn jersey from White Hut Cheeseburg. Um, and it's a, it's a collectible now because they unfortunately uh, went, to, went bunk. But uh, delicious contest, white cheese, onions. I have my um, Groucho Marx moments when I travel because I've been to so many places because of competitive eating. He did vaudeville. He would meet servicemen and women, and they'd say, oh, I'm from a town you never heard of. And he'd say, oh, I know this diner there. And for me, uh, we partnered with Navy Entertainment 2009. I did six out of seven tours. I went to Guantanamo Bay. I have had experiences that were not dreams or goals I ever could have imagined that have occurred because of Major League Eating. Uh, I'm, I've been in documentaries. I've been in movies. I was on The Sopranos. I've done the late night shows. I've um, been a video game avatar. But, but you're always, you, you are so humble. And always stop. I notice in Coney Island on the 4th, on that magical corner of Surf and Stillwell, yeah. anybody who wants to stop and take of a course, picture, of course. you do it. Of course. Well, that's because we are very accessible to the fans. We, you know, and the interesting thing is you, it's accessible as a sport, meaning like if, if you have if a big lunch, that's almost like you're training for, you know, the, the Cases Pork Roll Eating Championship. But there's something that connects us through food. It's, it's a universality. In the Olympics, the food is the fuel that propels someone to win a gold medal. For us, the food is the sport. But casual diners have opinions, especially being in New York. Everyone's a pizza snob, a burger snob. And that notion of, call it the campfire, the oral history that comes around uh, after eating a big meal, the Thanksgiving, the communal meal, for us, competitive eating every day is Thanksgiving. We don't eat competitively every day, but it's that shared connectivity that unites us to one another around the globe because it's, it's a global phenomenon. And that's something I've really come to appreciate. So I am an ambassador to the sport, but absolutely, I will talk to anybody ad nauseum about food, about the sport. Um, and it's just, it's an amazing um, journey 
that I've been on for 18 years. I do, you know, this will be my 19th year, whether I qualify or not. Uh, if I don't make it my 20th, I may have to ask Nathan's for a sponsor's exemption, but I'll be out there regardless. And then doing contests year round and traveling and, and seeing people, it's really, it's really a wonderful life. So, so take us inside the mind of a competitive eater. I know that there's uh, always a lot of drama, mm-hmm. and I'll go back to the fourth, but you know, we can talk about the sport more globally. I know there's a lot of drama when the bus of champions, yes, yes. when that is approaching Coney Island, typically mob, police mm-hmm. escort, yes. um, you know, very similar to the presidential yes. absolutely, you know, absolutely. motorcade in yeah. you know, many, many ways. What is the mindset of the eater? You've been on the bus of champions. Yeah. It's Take us inside it's there. It's interesting. If you are, so for me, the, the fraught tension is really the qualifier. Once I've qualified, I know I'm going to have to do well at Coney, but it's not the pressure of a lot of the eaters who are trying to make a statement, who are trying to move up in the rankings. Um, it's an amazing bus ride because you're there. It's a, it's a rare group of people that it's men and women who've come together. We don't, there's no family members. There's no fans on the bus. Um, there's a lot of logistics. Hot water is what Joey Chestnut uses. I use Tang because it's good enough in space. It's good enough to dunk your hot dog buns in. But once the logistics are done, it is, it is like being in a little bit of a uh, black hole meaning there's a vacuum in that bus and you're, you're there, you're seeing people you've seen year after year, similar stories, similar journeys for rookie eaters. We put them out front right. so they have to go out. And when you leave that vacuum, it is as if you are there at the beginning of the universe. The, the Big Bang Theory, you exit and you're right, police escort, people lined up. It's very dramatic. Signs, fans, very dramatic. noise, chaos. You're running backstage, and even backstage where I always get to hug you and, and your family, you know, there's heads of police, you know, mayors sometimes. Oh, police commissioner. Uh, police commissioner. Yeah. Um, it is ESPN, live cameras. There's a way to take all that energy if you're an eater. There's a way to, because you have butterflies in your stomach that you know will quickly be squashed by the hot dogs, but you have to funnel all that energy into yourself um, because you're empty. You want to go in empty and, and leave full. And the way I do it is I just take all of that um, collective, and it's all positive energy. That's the amazing thing. It's so many people and cameras around the world and reporters and Badlands is performing and singing. And in a way, it's something that uh, you hear about. If you go to Sedona, they talk about the power of the crystals of the vortex if you go to certain places on earth whether you're a mystic or a spiritualist or you don't believe there is an energy that's out there and i find july 4th coney island high noon to be one of those places where it's human energy that collective positive energy comes forth and a great eater um will channel that i will tell you it is very difficult for eaters who put up big numbers and qualifiers to perform well on the fourth because they feel the pressure, the the weight of the world is upon right. well, their stomach. That is the Yankee Stadium yes. of the yeah. sport. Yeah, I like Fenway, but fair enough. There you and go. And then um, for Joey, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown, but heavier still is the belly that bears the belt. And he knows his condiment line and his yearly earnings. He might have to find a real job if he loses to Jeff Esper, or Carmen Sincati, or Eater X, or Matt Stoney. Um, and that's a lot of pressure. But we always have an after party. 
Um, we go to Ruby's on the boardwalk, sure, and then we have sure. Professor Tom's in the city. If you think competitive eaters drool a lot eating hot dogs, you should see when they switch to whiskey or Miller Lite. But it's a it, you let you let it all out. You leave it all on the table, and it's um, not literally figuratively because you get disqualified. Right, a, reverse, but, a yeah, reversal, reversal of fortune, fortune as yes. it's known. So in a way, that is our Oscars. That is our you know tour de france that is our super bowl and it's it's made possible by you know people like yourself and people who just come out and just revel in the beauty of well, it you know, all, all credit to george and rich and george, I mean, george they are and the rich. true masterminds and, and then what ended up happening was because they we have our mouths full so they have to tell our story and they they do it glibly they do it with humor he lost his arm to a bengal tiger in a boyhood visit to the atlanta zoo but his arm grew back only moments from her womb and before she even placed him to her breast his mother held him close and whispered in his ear are you ready to sip from the volcano you are of my flesh but you are not mine own are you ready to ride the tornado but i credit a lot of people like takara kobayashi sonia thomas joey chestnut because they treated it like a sport it became a real sport because there were athletes who thought I can do this? You know, Joey thought I can beat this guy. Even though I, no, none of us, Badlands, Hungry Charles, we never thought we could beat Takara Kobayashi. And Joey spent years, yeah. every bite you and swallow, chasing that dream. So let's go back. So yeah. there was that first year when Kobayashi, yeah. mm-hmm. and then he had an incredible run. He won uh, seven years in a row. Uh, he was disappointed in himself. It's very Japanese. He ate forty-four and a half one year. To not do what you'd done the previous year was a disappointment to him. And we were like, you're, you're more than lapping. But sometimes the conditions, I mean, the heat, the heat you know, is a, there, a, that's a very a, big variable that heat, people don't think about the heat for will, competitive eaters. Uh, cause the buns to get a little hardened, which you don't want, even though you're dunking them with a five-second rule. And then the sweating of the dogs, you know, that because it's so hot. And right. it's also there were bigger guys back in the day. So conditions factor in, but they cook a 1,000 hot dogs. Right from the flat top, they go right to the table. I've had a couple of years that they were actually too hot that I had to hey, You dunk. don't want them too hot. You don't want them too hot. You want them just right. Whereas if you go, and this is not to disparage franchises, but the logistics, um, Nathan's partner with uh, Major League Baseball. So I've eaten at stadiums. Right. Not Fenway, but I've eaten uh, in St. Louis. The Fenway Frank, by the way, fairly, fairly <laughs> disappointing, crazy life. Right, well, they got to yeah. get Nathan's. Yeah. Shea Stadium has Nathan's. And then they partnered... Um, uh, John Morrell, which is the maker of the Nathan's Hot Dogs, partnered with NASCAR. And so they'll send Joey out to the pit and then they'll eat at NASCAR. So those are logistically, those are harder. The dogs have to come from a source to the table. Um, people wonder, like in any kind, in a pizza eating contest, you've got to make 50 pizzas. Sure. So it's harder to get it to the temperature you need for a contest. Nathan's also partners with the Food Bank of New York and gives 100,000 hot dogs away. Right. Um, so there's altruism, there's philanthropy, but you are right. That that day is a hard day. But you think about um, what it's like to play like in a Super Bowl or a Game 7 of the yeah, NBA Championship. Yeah, it's that kind of pressure. And it, it, fe- it probably feels the same, yeah. The question is, are great competitive eaters born or are they made? And I will tell you, Takeru Kobayashi had an inherent part of him. It's not because the rumors about his stomach hanging lower or anything he did training-wise. He was born to be a great competitive eater. Joey Jaws Chestnut was somebody who took a real American 
uh, angle on it and said, I can beat this guy. You know, his brother Willie said, well, Takara lost to the bear. We knew he could be beaten. Right. In the 33rd Let's go back to that because that was incredible. That was on national TV. Yes, that was Fox. It was, uh, it was all... It man, was versus, man versus... versus uh, beast. Yeah. Yeah. This beast stands over eight feet tall and weighs in tonight at 1,089 pounds. He can digest over 60 pounds of food in a 24-hour period. He possesses the ultimate appetite for destruction. Meet the beast, the Alaskan Cruncher! Now again, the contest begins as soon as the bear eats the first hot dog. And it is underway. There we go. There we go. And there's Kobayashi using his technique. He breaks them in half and he puts as many as he can as well. Well, the bear is going for it as well. Look at that, Mike. No hands for the oh, bear. Look at him staring at the bear. Look at Kobayashi watching his opponent. Now, I wonder if it's, a, if it's the same feeling when he's in a competition with a human being. Steve, i got to tell you something. When the bear came out, I saw a flash of fear for a second in Kobayashi's eyes because he, he's never faced a competition like this. It's unbelievable. See how casual the bear is. Look at how many You know, if you watch the show, the announcers at one point say the bear doesn't know he's in a contest. He doesn't know it's a competition. He's just a natural eating machine. And that's because when the bear came out first, he kind of lumbered around. And I asked Takaro afterwards. The bear started slowly, as I recall. Yes. Well, they had to wait to see the the bear would actually get eating. And I guess it took a couple takes before he started. And Takara said, I said, were you worried? He said, I was kind of worried for the bear because I was looking at the guys who were like the handlers and I was pretty sure they weren't actual animal handlers. They were just like fox extras dressed right, up. Right, right. Um, he wasn't going to beat the bear. The, that was an incredible performance by the Animal Kingdom. Um, but he got to do things, you know, ESPN commercials or American Express commercials with Sonia Thomas. He was recognized for his um, unique talents. Yeah, and became a, 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 yes. a popular, you know. Very a, popular, very popular in A Japan pop culture figure. And popular here. He's in uh, King of the Hill or SNL animated skits. Um, Joey looked at all that and put it aside. So what year was that? Joey's about 10 years so, ago now? Uh, Joey's been eating for 15 years. Uh, he's won for the last 11, but it was a two-year campaign in the time that Joey... Yeah. When Joey debuted, because his brothers put him up to it, he actually ate in a lobster eating contest, which uh, was interesting. But then he ate uh, 30 hot dogs and buns as a rookie. I'm sorry, he ate uh, 20... I think it was 21 and a half. I was at that contest. Um, I was very hungover. And he was struggling. Well, he ate 30 his rookie year at July 4th. He just put himself into it. For two years, he chased Takeru Kobayashi. He ate 50 in Vegas. Takeru came over, didn't know Joey had eaten 50. Um, There was a big turning point was a crystal square off, the Southern Slider hamburgers. The White Castle Uh, of the South. The White Castle of the South, um, where Takeru... Joey was convinced he was going to beat him. He was winning going into the last minute. Robert Akita Takaro's um, translator said to him, you're losing. He said, no, I'm not. He said, look behind you. Look behind. He was down five. Takaro kicked it into high gear, ate nine in the last minute. Joey forgot to dunk and ate five and uh, lost. Uh, later, Joey would eat 103. But that sent a message, this guy's coming. He sent a message, this guy's coming, but he also, Joey just couldn't believe it. He's like, what do I have to do to beat this guy? I mean, imagine for two years, every bite, chew, and swallow is, I want to beat this guy. And after he beat him for many years, Joey was not kind to, to Carol. And I said, can't you let it go? Can't you show that sportsmanship? He said, I can't. He said, the only thing that made me win was to have this guy out there that I had to hate 
not as a human, as a competitor. And Joey never found that again. Now, Joey is not going to get beaten on July 4th, but he was friends with Deep Dish Bertoletti or Eater X. He never could find the fire to, to, to So do it that. was a genuine fierce rivalry. Hugely fierce rivalry. I've walked Joey down the Wachovia Center at 4 a.m. before he won Wing Bowl. I've seen him uh, in the zone. He has a mantra, which has profanity in it, so I won't mention that. But he said, I have no gimmick. My gimmick is winning. You know, Bertoletti's got the Mohawk, Eater X had the face paint. I look like a combination of Salvador Dali and Grizzly Adams. He, his mantra is, I'm expletive Joey Chestnut. And internally, I, I was at Clark University yesterday as a guest to guest speak, and I talked a little bit about the college kids, what you have to do. You have to have humility to the world. But inside, you need to find a hubris is your own, that you believe in yourself, not delusional, not narcissism, but an odd version of confidence that is, I'm going to make it. I believe in myself. And no one in the competitive eating world has ever channeled that as well as Joey Jaws Chestnut. And 11 years. One oh, year, one year, one, Sony uh, took yes, him one personal, year. Personal Joey troubles. had a tough year. Had well, a tough he, year. Ate, he proposed to his girlfriend before the contest. I said, why didn't you do it afterwards? He's like, Shays, ESPN, they all want me to do afterwards. He's like, after you've eaten 74 and a half hot dogs and buns, I, I dare anybody to get down on one knee. Right, I was right. Like, Good point, Joey. Validated, you know. Uh, so he had a year where the wedding didn't work out. Uh, Matt Stoney, a great eater in his own right, who now is a YouTube superstar, over 8 yeah, million absolutely. subscribers, beat him that year. Um, and then Joey came Joey back. Joey is huge. Joey's, back. Joey's not, when Joey decides to retire, he will retire as the champ. I truly, truly believe that. Not that they're not. Great eaters who are chasing him, Jeff Esper, Darren Breeden, Beard Meets Food, the list goes on and on, the smorgasbord. People are pushing high 30s, low 40s. Some can get to 50, but there's one human on the planet who's eaten more than 70. I want him and to get to 76. And that's in 10 minutes, by the that's way. That's in 10 minutes. If he could right. get to 76 on July 4th, you know, that's the spirit. Um, but he knows everything comes down to that contest and jeff esper has beaten him in other contests i was just with joey for an amazing the blue runner red beans and rice contest in new orleans at the fairgrounds uh joey ate 24 and a half pounds of blue runner red beans and rice i ate like six pounds he he quadrupled me like imagine a marathon or a sprint and somebody beats you by that much esper was right behind him cases pork roll esper's done well but but uh, July 4th belongs to America. So how many, you're, you're a Boston man, how many did Bill Russell and the Celtics win in the Red Outback Well, he, they, they, won, uh, they won 11. They won nine in a row. Okay. Uh, Bill Russell owns more rings than he has fingers. Okay. Uh, Red Auerbach, so Phil Jackson broke Red Auerbach's all-time championship record. And, and Bill Russell, fortunately, is still with us. I've read his two books from the 70s that talk a lot about race in Boston. Um, and you think about people are always like the greatest ever. And I don't get into those discussions because if you look at stats, Will Chamberlain is far superior to Bill Russell. But the Bill, Bill Russell, like a lot of great Celtics, you know, Casey Jones and others had that indefinable characteristic that made them champions because they made others around them better. Larry Bird. I always say Larry Bird made others around him better. Dennis Johnson, my all-time favorite player was better because of Larry Bird. If you look at competitive eating, Badlands Booker makes others better around him. When I was eating my vegetables as a kid with kind of hippie-ish parents, would I turn around and say, I am the 
One day I'll be the four-time corn on the cob eating champion of the world. The manual typewriter, unfortunately, is a lot like an actual typewriter, and the newer techniques have, have led me to believe that I may not... Uh, I may not repeat. I may not become the five-time corn of the cob eating champion, but I can dream and uh, I can eat corn casually and celebrate the but fact that- But you are the French cut green champion. I am the French champion. cut string bean champion. I think that one will last for, yeah. for and lumberjack and lumberjack buffet. breakfast. Yeah, I know. I think lumberjack breakfast is going gonna, is gonna to fall. There's somebody out there listening like IHOP or Waffle House or somebody's listening and being like, oh, I think we can combine these two. Uh, listen, just but, as you said, uh, Larry Bird yes. made everybody else around him better. Yes. I think our country yes. is better because we have crazy legs. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. We loved having you I here. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Honored to be here. And of course, you know, pancakes are probably better with bacon, our, unless our, you're a vegan. So. <laughs> <laughs> our extraordinary yes. special guest on Great Minds today, the great crazy legs, Conti. Thank you very much for listening. And for more content just like this, visit AdvertisingWeek360.com. Production on this episode was by Jack Hirschman and Brendan Porter. And original music was by Ian Levy.